when you don't travel and when you only know this is how it is in my certain state, my certain city, your vision becomes so narrow and your ability to empathize is affected. And until you go out and just break bread or whatever with people in different cultures and hear their story and see like how much more alike they are than different, it's a really beautiful thing. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. You yeah, all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward J. Copeland. You sound like you don't want to do this. No, I... (laughs) <laughs> I I am the most excited I've ever been in life right now. Okay, well, right before you hit go, you said let's be spontaneous about this. So can I introduce our guest? Absolutely. Okay. So we, let's see, we hit 100 episodes on the Push Podcast. We took an epic trip to Greece. We did an episode on money, which seems to be a really great episode that people right. are loving especially because we told them how to use like credit card points to help pay for this dream (laughs) vacation, right? Right. We also mentioned in our Greece trip, which was a three-part series of everything that went wrong, (laughs) that we still would rate the trip a 10 out of 10. And that's 100% because of Brianna Glenn, who's one of our friends that's joining us today. So we're super excited to have her. She is a luxury boutique travel agent. She owns this boutique travel agency and she is a travel designer. You know why? Because she said, I'm not just going to hand you a brochure uh, like a travel agent. So she's definitely the upgrade to a travel agent. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our friend Brianna Glenn, welcome to the Push Podcast. And, and uh, Brianna, we are working on getting some type of applause, but yeah, I there's don't have no that sound yet. effects. No, How it is boring. So boring. Ah. So anticlimactic, right? Well, we are really excited without the audience applause that you're here. So welcome, friend. Thank you so much. This is a really cool experience because I don't think I've ever been able to be on a podcast with people that have actually like traveled with my services. And so not only do I know you guys and love you guys, but you also, you know what I do, you can vouch for it. Yep. I love that. I think this is great. I love it. So Eddie wants to kind of bring you into the Push Podcast family. Yeah. We do this thing called What in the World? And so think just hard. Like these are things that you say, what the hell is happening right now? (laughs) And you probably have a lot of them because you travel all over the world. And we're going to get into that in a second. But I think Eddie has a What in the World? And then I'm going to throw it over to you if you have one to share. You also have a toddler, a husband, uh, relatively new stages of marriage. So I would imagine you've got lots of what in the worlds that could even come from your home, but I'll leave it there. So Edward. Well, <laughs> so obviously the world is under kind of a strange place. We've got COVID. And then as of late, unfortunately, we have the Taliban who is mm-hmm. wrecking uh, uh, shop, uh, taking control over Afghanistan. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're just to let give you some context, Brianna, like we're watching this 
and we're like trying to catch up on the news. And and I and I look at the screen and I was like, oh wow, you know, these guys are all in the capital of Afghanistan. And then my wife says, oh no, wow. that's not what happened. <laughs> she goes, oh wow, looks like they're all vaccinated because they don't have any mask on. You know, <laughs> during a a takeover, it's optional if you're vaccinated to wear a mask. And I was like. What? That's, that is not what happened. Like, what is that? What's on your mind? These people. Oh my God, you're insensitive, honey. Jesus. You are taking literary license right now because that's not what happened, you guys. I, I was sitting laughing. there watching my own television in my own home, the comfort of my own home. And Eddie sees these guys basically having a party on a Jeep, the Taliban, right? And he goes, wow, don't they know COVID exists? And I said, well, clearly they're vaccinated. And he thought it was so funny. And that's the truth. That's the real no, that's story. That's how I heard it. So anyway. So that's how the, uh, how, <laughs> what in the world works. <laughs> it's when you have a situation, you go, what in the world? I mean, come on, honey. This is a, this is a terrible thing. Terrible. Okay. Do you have a what in the world that comes to mind? It could be anything. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, this is a real hard way to jump off the show. I know. Okay, we can pass because I got one. I'll show you how stupid it can be. You ready? Show me how stupid yes. <laughs> Okay. I often put my foot in my mouth when I say things that I think are like, what in the world? I'll give you an example. One time we were at a family reunion and we were talking about tattoos like in, yes. in the pool with our family members. And we were talking about like, you know, don't get tattoos when you're young because you'll get something stupid. I said, yeah, like the Tasmanian devil or something stupid. And my cousin goes, I have the Tasmanian <laughs> devil on my leg. And I'm like, that would happen to me. Right. So I'm going to say this. What in the world? Knowing good well that there are going to be people, maybe you, I don't know. <laughs> But I, it's perplexing to me. So what my what in the world is, I went tonight to get some food with Jordan and we pull up into the parking space. And my what in the world is people that decorate their cars. Like when mm. they put, literally we pull up to this car and I had to sit there and look at it for like 30 seconds and I was just angry. It had two like mouse ears that were clearly like, I mean, huge, like put on with adhesive onto the roof of the car. Like Mickey Mouse? Mouse ears, like, no, like a rodent. And then there was a <laughs> mouse <laughs> tail sticking out of the trunk. And then I walked, I got out of the car. Well, because I first saw the ears and I was like, who does that? Like right. that is a what in the world for me. And Jordan is equally as offended when she sees people decorate their cars. So we get out and we go to walk into the food thing. And I go, son of a bitch, if there's not a mouse nose and whiskers on the front of it, like I'm just offended. Yeah. And so my what in the world is people that decorate their cars. There's one exception, which I wouldn't do personally, but I can justify this one. And that is if you are a lash extension like technician and you put those big lashes on the front of your, no. you know. Not and if the side of your vehicle is wrapped with like, you know, hey, I do lashes for a living. That's the one time I can say, OK, you're a hustling, struggling entrepreneur. I'm with that. You just alienated. So like Jordan 25 said, of our but audience. it better be their company car and I better not see them going anywhere like on a regular day. So that's my what in the world. See, it could be whatever you want. And we can come back to it later if you don't have one right now. OK, come back to me. I feel like it's like one of those things when somebody says, hey, what's your favorite food? And all right. You have no clue. Any food that you've ever liked in life. <laughs> that's how I 
right now. Like, do I eat food? I don't know. I <laughs> got <pressure>. you. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. I know. It I is. know. I know. But so moving on, we wanted to have you on because one, you've planned some epic and amazing vacations for us, but we thought it was important to share the woman and the business behind everything that you did for us in Greece and and Thailand and then Scotland now that we're taking Kayla. But really, we just love supporting female business owners. And I wanted to kind of talk to you about your business. So just to kick it off, like, how did you land this dream job that anyone in the world would probably want? Like, where did the the travel aspirations come from? Just tell us kind of the roots of how you got started. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting story because it's very different than most people in this industry. But after I graduated college, I was a professional athlete, has nothing to do with what I do now, except for the fact that as a track and field athlete, I did travel the world competing. So for my career, 10 years after college, I'm going from continent to continent, country to country, getting to do something I love and I'm passionate about. And then I retire, that life ends. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what do I do now? Which is a place a lot of people find themselves in for various reasons. For me, it's like, I have never actually written out a resume. I have like, what do I even say I'm qualified for? Which I'm qualified for a ton, right? Like I have all these like, I'm a- Accolades. Yeah. And you know- Olympic qualifiers. You're kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to kind of like, for employers at least, to look at that and be like, okay, you, you deserve, you know, a job. And I remember kind of just floundering for a couple of years, trying different things out. And I had a lunch with my best friend who is an entrepreneur. And she asked me a question and it was very simple. She's like, what do you do already that you really love (laughs) that you would like Mm -hmm. to get paid for? And I was just Mm -hmm. like, wow, like I love planning people's vacations and I want my life to be connected to travel. Like that is the one thing that I missed about retiring that I didn't know how to get back, you know? Mm. And she's like, oh, well, you should do that. You should at least start looking like what's possible. So I got, you know, on Google (laughs) and just said, and I didn't even know like what to search. It was more so like a planner of luxury trips, (laughs) you Mm. know, found a couple people on LinkedIn, reached out, did the whole fake it till you make it. Right. Yeah started a business, like literally just was like, here's my brand. Here's my website. Ta-da, I'm open. (laughs) (laughs) And that was six years ago. And obviously now I'm so much further along, but I had to start somewhere. And that's where I started just with a passion for what I did, knowing that I was good at it because I did it for my friends, but like learning how to then become an entrepreneur and turn that like passion into business, like marry those Mm. two. So Mm. It's been a really great kind of road and and a great ride just because I've been able to like figure out my own path. And I really appreciate that. That's so awesome. Wow. There's so much in that. I know you have a whole bunch of questions to ask, but I just want to ask this because we interact with a lot of business owners. Like we have a course, we connect with business owners, uh, we connect with people who want to be entrepreneurs. People are listening to this right now that want to be a business owner because they hate their job or maybe like you, like they're done in the Olympics now because they they just ended. They've left a chapter and they're going into a new chapter, right? But what do you think, like you took like a massive action just to put yourself out there. What do you think like contribute to your, that confidence to do that? Yeah. Well, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to be an athlete, period. So I think that that was already ingrained in my DNA. 
but also this idea, like what's the worst that can happen? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And for me, I've always, the idea that if something's figure outable, I'm going to be able to figure it out. And so while I didn't know how this works, like how to make this successful, I figured I just need to start so that I can figure it out. Mm. Having that just like understanding confidence, whatever it may be in yourself, obviously is a great starting point. And I think some people are just wired for entrepreneurship. And if they're listening to your podcast, they probably already have that going for them. It just is one of those things where you're like, risk, I got it. (laughs) You know, not a problem. I can eat top ramen for a few months if I need to, while I like hustle and and figure this thing out, like not a Mm -hmm. big deal. I'm okay with that. Okay with the unknown. Okay with knowing that I have a journey to figure it out that like my page one doesn't need to be the same as somebody else's page 200 that Mm. I can start now and know that like, Hey, I'm confident in the direction I'm going. I feel like that's just something that thankfully it's part of my personality, but a lot of people who do feel that like entrepreneur bug probably have that same feeling. That's awesome. I love that. It speaks to like one of the things that we believe that like confidence is built off of evidence. And sometimes you got to go back and pull that evidence. Like you're building a court case of saying, okay, I've done these things as an athlete, I was able to do this. That means I could probably do this. Right. right? And then understanding that it's not going to be a perfect transition to whatever you're doing. Like, I think that people are looking for perfection when they go into something new and that's not, even realistic. So I I just love that disposition. That's amazing. Also, I don't know if you guys caught it, but she said that basically she had to start out of necessity. I needed to figure out something that was going to be the next step. And luckily your friend was like, what do you love to do that you would like to get paid for? I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. And when someone's trying to reinvent themselves, it's solid advice. So I love that you shared that. Where's so are you some telling people to go get broke and then they they'll find like <laughs> I mean necessity is what drove me to start my business. Yeah. You know, when your back's against the wall and you don't have the next few steps figured out, you gotta figure it out, right? right? And so for me, I stumbled into something that became a passion. But for me, it was like I loved entrepreneurship. I just never really considered myself an entrepreneur. And so it wasn't until it was out of necessity where I was like, okay. I got to figure out how to make this happen. And so Brianna was used to doing that. Like if it's researchable and there are answers, I'll figure out a way. I love it. And what I loved is she said, I reached out to people on LinkedIn and I faked it till I made it. You didn't say I reached out to people on LinkedIn. I saw that they had these huge followings. They've been doing it for 10 years. And so I'm a loser because I don't know anything like that's usually where people stop, you know? So I I love that. What were some of your, what are some of your favorite places that you've visited and and why should people maybe go there? Oh, this is such a hard question. I know. <laughs> Who is your favorite child? <laughs> right. Um, oh, thankfully, I that's can, easy. <laughs> really quick, Brianna is also pregnant as we're speaking. She's got a baby due and she's got a toddler that's sleeping somewhere in the house. And so he may make an appearance, but... After you tell us some of your favorite places, I'm going to ask you how maybe your travel might look different now because you have a new family. So favorite places, favorite kid. Yes. Favorite places without kids has been for sure Africa. I'm a big Mm -hmm. Africa lover. And I think I went on my first safari a few years ago for my one year anniversary and fell in love just with the experience. 
the ability to do something that is so different than like what we normally are able to experience, even within like travel around the world. And Africa just like, it hits different. I like to say, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just like gets into your soul and you're like, I need more of this. It's a motherland, you know, there's so many good things about it. And so I think that the opportunities I've had to visit Africa have just been like life-changing and also Mm -hmm. just give me just this desire to get back there as much as I can. So that tops my list right now. Of course, those are very much bucket list trips. I mean, from how long it takes to get there to normally the cost to things like that make them the big trips, right? There are so many places I love for different reasons and for different types of vacations. I kind of can separate like my vacation mode versus my travel mode. Like when I just want to chill out, relax, eat and drink and have a merry time versus when I'm like immersed in like a different culture or just out of my comfort zone even. And there's good to both of them. Neither one of them are bad at all. They all have their place. And I think that's one of the greatest things about you. I've never even thought about that. Yeah. She said, you know, I'm either on vacation mode or I'm in travel mode. Yeah. But I think that's one of the great things about working with your company, Milk and Honey, is that you really want to know, like, there's a questionnaire. Like, you as a client have to show up and do some work, too. So, like, great, you want to go to Greece, but what kind of experience do you want to have? Do you want to chill and be on vacation mode or do you want to be – immersed in the culture? Do you want to take a cooking class with one of the best chefs on the island? Do you want to stay in a villa or be a tourist, right? And those are things that I didn't even consider if we would have booked our own travel and you are just creating this experience based on the vibe that the family wants or the client wants. And and I would say is hearing you say that, especially like talking about Africa, like I think about if you take me to Nigeria, I think the indigenous perspective of mine would make me feel like I belong and you, I, I wouldn't come back. You'd be like, <laughs> I'd just be like, I belong here. I'm so sorry. I was, my people come from Nigeria. I can't leave. I literally said the other day when we were talking about places we want to go, I said, I want to go to Africa. Like, I really want to be on a safari. And you were like, oh, we're kind of beach people. And that seems hot. I was like, yeah, but you don't spend your whole ass vacation well, like in the middle of the. I don't friggin- know if you're talking about like in the sweltering heat of like <laughs> the. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Anyways, Egypt or something. Or, one or of you- the things that you're going through is kind of like a life change, right? You started the business six years ago. You were single. You were a retired athlete. I would imagine you had more time then. But now you are married, you're building a family. And so I want to know what's that look like as you're trying to still juggle and grow a business, but also juggle and grow a family. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's the funny thing is like seasons of life all look different and and we should embrace that. We have to kind of change with the different seasons. Brianna, as a single person, you know, starting her own business, being an entrepreneur, like I am a, admittedly a workaholic. I like to work. Mm-hmm. I like to like, especially when it's mine, like there's no clock. Like I don't need to clock out. I don't need to put my computer away. Like that stuff excites me. And so Mm -hmm. as a single lady, it's fine. Marriage, that was one little thing where I had to be like, okay, the computer closes and we have dinner (laughs) together and oh, look at us like talking at night, you know, (laughs) all that stuff. (laughs) And I had to make those adjustments. And of course, you know, I was happy to be married. So I did make those adjustments. And then you bring in children and I have having children later in life. 
And so, you know, what my life used to look like versus what it looks like now with small children, so much different. They don't give you like, if you want time, so what? Like it doesn't, they don't care. It's not something they're considering. Like that is such an adjustment. And it is about like this idea. It's not, I hate the word like balance because it really is just like, this is how I explain it. You're juggling and sometimes you're just figuring out which balls are glass and which are rubber. Like that's a ball that can drop. This ball cannot. And so during my life season right now, I know that like, hey, I have young kids. I'm about to pop with another one. And so, you know, there are things in my business that do take a backseat for this season. I'll always be a working mom. That's just who I am. And so my business will adjust and change and I'll make those changes as needed, but still trying to encompass all that makes me me into like part of my life is really important. I love that. You know, I heard this, not that it's the term, I've obviously heard the word before, but the word integration, right? And so you think about, we play with the idea of work-life balance, but I don't think anyone successfully finds that out. But I do think what I heard from you is an integration. Like, I'm going to integrate work and life, and it's going to work together, and I'm going to balance and from a standpoint of knowing what things are important now and what things are not so important. And I think that every business owner has to take that into consideration because as an entrepreneur, it's a lot more personal than going to work for someone else. Yeah, it's almost like a curse and a blessing at the same time when you love what you do. Cause like you said, like I could do this all day in my sleep and, right. and not sleep, but my family doesn't necessarily approve of that, right? <laughs> I'm sleeping while I'm supposed to be waking up with the kids. Like, right. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we talked before we started the podcast about the fact that you didn't grow up traveling. It wasn't until you became an athlete. I told you that Eddie and I didn't grow up with friends who had passports. I mean, the farthest I ever went, which was like a luxury vacation, was like we went to Cancun one year, you know, or some part of Mexico. I think it was Puerto Vallarta. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to kind of talk about, I'll tell you some of the reasons why people don't travel. And then you tell us reasons why travel is necessary. Because what I hope that people get from this is not like, it's not just about luxury travel. It's about experiences. It's about learning about other cultures. in your perspective. Yeah. And so like, we won't give it away because I'm sure she's got a lot to articulate. But I looked up like, you know, the top reasons why people don't travel. And first, I will say only a third of American adults actually have a valid passport. And the same amount, which is about 37, 38 percent, have never, ever traveled, period, with a passport. Right. Mm. So Only a third of Americans actually have a passport, but a third of Americans like have never, ever traveled anywhere outside of the United States. I would think that would be higher. Right. Okay. So there you have it. They've (laughs) never had a passport. They've never traveled out of the U.S. It seems like it should be higher, but I don't know. Maybe that's wrong data. So the top seven reasons why people don't travel money, which I would say growing up, maybe was that the case for you too, Brianna? Like we just didn't have money like that. Oh, yeah. It's too expensive. Number two, people are too busy, which obviously, you know, that's questionable because usually you work eight hours in a day. You've got eight hours of rest and usually any normal job, you have some sort of vacation. vacation. Right. Number three, people are single or they don't have a travel buddy and they don't want to travel alone. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in a second. 
Number four, they have small children. And I want to hear your thoughts on that too, because it's one of my most frightening things. Like luckily my kids are not small anymore, but the thought of taking like an 11 hour flight with a toddler that could potentially, or a baby that could cry and make noise on the entire plane for everyone to be up, like makes me want, like, I don't know, gives me anxiety. Um, Number five, they have a fear of heights or flying. Number six, anxiety of the unknown. They don't want to get out of their comfort zone. It's unfamiliar. And number seven, some people think it's just not worth the money. It's a waste of time. So those are the top seven reasons why people don't travel, Mm. apparently. But what are the top five reasons why you think people should experience travel? Oh, man. I mean. (laughs) Or three, however many you have. (laughs) I mean, we can go, I can give you like a great argument for all those reasons why people don't. But I think that prioritizing travel is so important to me just because I think that I see life now through such a more vibrant lens, through Mm -hmm. such a better perspective because I travel the world. I know that's what travel has given me because I've had not that experience and I have that experience. And I think that when you even look just in terms of how we view humanity, right? Like the ability to see and experience other cultures gives us an appreciation for people, just as people, for how we treat like fellow human beings. And I think that when you don't travel and when you only know this is how it is in my certain state, my certain city, my certain group of people that I surround myself with, your vision becomes so narrow and your ability to empathize is affected, you know, and until you go out and just break bread or whatever with people in different cultures and hear their story and see like how much more alike they are than different. It's a really beautiful thing. And so I think that for that's the number one reason that will stay. The number one reason for me is encouraging people to travel, no matter what that looks like. It doesn't have to be luxury travel or spending, you know, cashing out your 401k so you can go on a vacation. Of course, that's not smart, but being able to at least make it a priority and take the steps to just widen your perspective on Mm. what's out there in the world and how much more alike we are than different. And then I'd also say that, especially us as Americans, our discretionary income is spent on a whole lot of things that don't really matter. And so yeah, travel does cost money. And for a lot of people, it's it's about just kind of like creating that priority and then setting a budget and putting money aside or doing whatever you need to do to kind of like be smart about it. But the things that we waste money on, I think are much better spent on taking a really great trip and creating those memories. And then mm-hmm. I think another reason, just that bond that it creates, whether you're worth traveling, And this, honestly, it could be, you know, with your significant other, with your family, but even if it's with yourself, like those memories that like you're able to build through travel are the ones that stay with you. And so when it's 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, what have you, and you're looking back and be like, oh, you're not remembering, oh yeah, that great purse I bought 10 years ago. I'm so glad I spent my money on that. But you would remember the trip you took to Costa Rica. So Mm. I feel like memories, they're just not really a price tag the same way there is on like something you're buying. Yeah. I'm so ready to go again. Let's go. (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. What's interesting is, and I don't think people heard what you just said, because I did. 
When you talk about... I don't think they heard what you said, but I did. Yeah, that was real elitist of me. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, No, but because you didn't say it explicitly, but when people talk about widening perspective, like we believe perspective is king, right? And when you widen your perspective, you refresh your way of looking at things. But I also think when you go somewhere and you allow the culture, the, the place you're in to widen that perspective, I believe that you come back energized, refreshed with greater ideas where you can actually earn more. Yeah. Like I think when you talk about increasing like money being an issue, like I think it's almost an investment so that you come back and you can actually generate more income from yourself because of the perspective that you take on, because of your ability to refresh and energize yourself with new ideas that you can apply to your career or apply to your business. So that's what I heard. That's the reason why I said I don't think anyone heard it because I heard it in my brain as you were saying. You made all that up. <laughs> I made it all up. But that's what—that's to me what perspective is: is the ability to to see more, to see further, which is in a sense leadership. And leadership, we know, can earn a, a pretty good income. So, oh, absolutely. That's what I got. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about traveling with small children because if that's one of the seven reasons why people don't travel, you have small children. I know that you've traveled with your son. And you're going to travel as a family. So talk to us a little bit about overcoming that objection. Absolutely. And you know what? I get it. Because even before I had children, like if somebody would come to me and be like, oh, we have small kids. Like, what do you suggest? I'd be like, find a way to leave them at home. That's my suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Um, I always did know that if I did have kids, that would be a part of, of growing of our family tradition and then them growing up is being able to see and travel the world because I do value it so much. And I want them, you know, we always want our kids to have what we didn't have or the experiences that that weren't afforded to us. It's a lot different. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat that part of it. You have to think of it differently and you have to have different priorities in some ways when you're thinking about what you're trying to get out of the trip. But even still, the ability, um, the trips that we've taken so far, even CJ is two, and he has three passport stamps. He's been to Fiji. He's been to Mexico. He's been to Greece. And does he remember? No. (laughs) I'm sure, you know, he doesn't. But it's going to be part of just, that's going to be his normal, is seeing different cultures, trying different food playing with kids who maybe like speak a different language or look different than, than him, that is going to be his normal. And also his memories of our time together, like special family trips and stuff like that are going to like stay with him forever. And so there are things that I've learned when I remember being so scared. We, when we flew to Fiji, he was only six months and I was so nervous. And like you said, I'm like, I'm going to have that baby. I want to like cover myself in the corner, like so embarrassed if he cries. (laughs) And actually, you know, like it wasn't even, he slept like almost the whole time. Now, toddler CJ, he has a little bit more of an opinion about, you know, what he's doing (laughs) on his screen, where his snacks are at. If you prepare though, it's not the end of the world. And I think that as parents, we have the most anxiety and if we're able to calm that and, and put out that, then they, they read from that and they're like, okay, this is cool. And I love that. pretty soon he's just going to be so used to being on planes. It's going to be like, no big deal. Here we go. Yeah. It's another adventure. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you said that because, you know, we were on a, quite a few planes recently and I don't remember any kid 
like Mm-mm. flipping out for you know 12 hours no i had and one everyone, flip out for about 20. yeah for 20 minutes yeah oh okay i was gonna say 20 hours of like no way even the the parents that we met on the trip that had young kids they were like oh yeah he was he was really good she was really good yeah. and so i think it's one of those things that you carry the anxiety yeah you said it best like i think more parents are concerned with that and yeah are you going to get 20 minutes of someone you know yeah. not being comfortable their ears popping yeah but i mean at the end of the day there's noise canceling headphones for that yeah yeah and you don't yeah. ruin somebody's trip you really don't like no. you you they all get over it. especially if they are people who have had kids before you feel like you they, you get the like understanding nod like hey <laughs> we've been there yeah. right <laughs> And I'm glad you said what you said, because I thought you were going to say, yeah, we just drugged them. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> no, this is the Push podcast. We can't, people would think this is about drugs. We can't say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you give your dog a little something. Yeah, so, he's like, I here, mean, here's a little whiskey. Yeah, yeah. You know, Put that on your we'll gums. be there before you know yeah. it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This might be a challenging question, but is there anything that you learned about travel as a travel specialist versus just being a travel traveler? Yeah. I mean, it's different. It's different on this side of the fence for sure. Um, Just knowing just the back end of it. Right. And all of the things that go into creating experiences for others as a travel advisor versus just traveling myself. You know, the funny thing is now I can't travel without looking at it through the lens of like being super critique. Like I critique Mm. everything. Mm-hmm. And so even I go on vacation with my family and I'm like, you know, I remember we went to Mexico earlier uh, or the end of last year. And I was like, mm, you know, this room category, like this view, no, they should have given me this view and look at this, you know, happening with our luggage not being delivered right on time. And all of these things, because when I, my clients travel, those are the things that are important to me that are taken care of, just like attention to detail and small things that you know, things go wrong all the time, but I'm hoping that they don't. And so I now notice all the small mind and nobody else traveling with me, like pays attention. Like they're like, right. in Mexico, look, margarita. And I'm all like, oh, this bellhop is taking way too long with our luggage. So I think that it, the unfortunate part is that I'm a big time mm. critiquer at all times. And I'm always looking at it through the lens of experience for not only myself, but for potential clients who could be having the same experience and how would it be for them? And so it's hard to turn that off. um, Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, cause I I will say like, so Brianna has an amazing way of, and I've, you know, read the itinerary. So Mm -hmm. when we went to Thailand and to Greece, she's prepared or team prepared an itinerary. And literally in some of them, it's like, it's saying you're going to take I'm going to exaggerate 25 steps and you're going to look to the (laughs) left and you're going to see this amazing. And I was like, it was literally walking me through this entire experience. I was like, this is amazing. I can see here. Wait, honey, you're taking too many steps. It's actually (laughs) supposed to be right here now. But you can tell in how you curate an experience that like the steps I'm taking, I think you took, uh, you know, in your trip. And so it's just amazing. So I, I can see that happening. Yeah. Sure. And we're, you know, working with your company again when we get to move Kayla to Scotland next month. And I literally called you and I was like, what would you do yeah. if you were moving CJ to college? But it was you going to a land that's far, far away that you've never been to. How could you also fit experiences in there? And 
you put something together and we're super excited. Yeah. Truth be told, when you send stuff, I don't really look at it until we she get there. It. Because I'm like, and it's a surprise. And then all burns on me. And so like, but it's a surprise. Yeah. And and if something's messed up, because, you know, I will mess Nothing's things up. It's messed my, up. It's my fault because I got all the control. I'm like, oh, my God. Because well, you like to have control. <laughs> I guess there's this thing on TikTok. The dad's like traveling with your dad's <laughs> when they take over everything. And Brianna, this man right here, I don't know if your husband, I would imagine you do it. But. As your kids get older, it's like, okay, dad has everyone's passports. Give me all your COVID vaccinations. Give me all your... And then every single time we go through some security check or something, he's like, okay, uh, you, uh, here's yours. Okay, here's yours. And then as soon as we get through the check, he's like, okay, give me back your passport. Putting him in his fanny pack. I'm like, so the kids did this TikTok video, like, you know, who's going to ruin the trip? And I said, dad's for sure going to ruin the trip because he wants to hoard everyone's passports. Be responsible for everything hey. and it creates all this confusion and we're holding up the line. So he's the travel dad and I'm sure that you're going to be the crazy travel It made mom. me nervous every time to give it back to somebody. I was like, oof, I'm giving you back your passport. You're going to lose it. When he says somebody, he means like me. <laughs> like he means like Jasmine, like the people that you're traveling with that are grown, that can be responsible, but whatever. I just it, that it is what it is. So uh, <laughs> let me see. What are some of the challenges? I'm sure there were many that you had to face or overcome during the pandemic because you were in the business of putting people on planes, sending them to go travel. What did the pandemic look like for you? It's so hard to put into words. And I think that it evolved over time because when the pandemic started, it was one thing. And then as we all know, like we just didn't know there was no end in sight. We didn't know what we didn't know. And so for someone in a profession like mine who, Hey, I create trips all around the world. Here's a pandemic. You can go nowhere. You cannot leave your house. You absolutely can't get on a plane and you certainly can't go to any other countries for starters. What the hard part was, was undoing all of the work that we had done. Like, you know, a ton Mm. of people had trips already planned for 2020. So it was like, Hey, let's do all the work to plan these trips. And then let's undo all the work. And let's also try and get people their refunds and postponements Mm. and companies were not being as helpful in that regard. And so it's like hours and hours spent working against yourself almost. Um, And then that's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, cause you're, you're, you're making no money, but you're doing a whole lot of work and you have a lot of people not so like not happy. happy. (laughs) It was a hard time for sure. And I think that it was one of those things where I had to just mentally say, all of this is out of my control. Mm-hmm. I literally have to let go of my control freak tendencies and wanting to know like what happens next and what should I do next and just be okay with the unknown. And then just say, hey, I do believe travel will be back. And I know that I'll be there when it does come back. Mm-hmm. Just wait till that time arrived. And no, I didn't think it would take as long as it, it did, but it, that was the reality. And I'm thankful that my business was stable enough to withstand such a hard hit because that would, you know, so many people, so many entrepreneurs, you know, newer in business or just, you know, not able to kind of withstand something like a pandemic, a global Mm -hmm. pandemic that kind of just wiped everyone out. Yeah. So I hope people heard that because of my background, owning a bakery, there's lots of bakery owners and people in the food industry that follow me that were really struggling during the pandemic. And I kept saying, 
Just pivot, do to go, make bread, whatever it is you need to do, like find a way, but for God's sakes, like stop waiting for normal to come back, you know? So we kind of preached that through the whole pandemic. And truth be told, like the Cake Mom has had a record-breaking like year in sales, and so I'm super blessed. But I thought of you many times through the pandemic because I used many examples of different industries that were not able to pivot. They, you were not able to move forward in any way right. other than we got to sit this out. And so I'm so proud that you've built up this resiliency and this patience and understanding and this grace with yourself to know that maybe God just said, not right now. Like y'all just need to chill at Milk and Honey and just know that travel will eventually come back. But I couldn't imagine how hard that was for your industry to be completely disrupted like that. So I'm glad you stuck it through because the moment we were able to travel, I was like, okay, can you book this? Is it safe? Can we go? And you helped us with everything. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. What are some of the challenges? um, Just kind of wrapping up unless you have something to say. I do. I had a question. Okay, go ahead. Your turn. Uh, uh, This is how we do things on the Push Podcast. Well, before, I, it, so I mean, now that I mean, hopefully the saying? world opens up. I'm let me talk, okay? <laughs> I got, I could, I have a microphone, right? Yeah. No. So you curate and design and create amazing experiences for people. Like, where is the place that you haven't gone yet that you're like, this is my next destination, mm. and this is going to be like my new dream vacation travel it's funny because so i've never been i've been to all continents except antarctica and so i have this like far off bucket list idea of how do i make antarctica a place that i actually want to go to (laughs) (laughs) so that i can say i've been to every continent (laughs) Mm. that's my biggest reason to be honest with you there's nothing really Mm. that like excites me about like freezing cold tundras or whatever polar bears or whatever you do (laughs) like in Antarctica but the idea that it would just be something so like epic to be like hey I've stepped foot on seven continents um there's still you know I think my my country count is 43 now so there's a lot of countries that I haven't been to but a lot of places I still like want to go back to so I think what I do every year is brainstorm where somewhere I can go that I've never been and then where somewhere I can go back to that I love that I could just fall more in love with. And mm-hmm. so I do right right now there's a lot of Asia, Southeast Asia in particular that like really appeals to me. I love that part of the world. I think it has so much to offer and I've done, you know, Bali, Thailand, but there's other places like Cambodia I still want to go to I haven't been to yet. Places in Southeast Asia that I think have so much to offer and really your money stretches so far there, which is a really nice thing. You know, like it's luxury without paying the same type of luxury prices that you would other places. So yeah, every year, hopefully knock on wood, except for 2020 has been an opportunity to, to see a new country and add to that list. And I hope to never stop that. I love that. Love that. Well, you're going to be booking a trip or, uh, arranging a trip for us to go to Italy at some point next summer, right? Yeah, that and then Seychelles. Is it Okay, how do you say that? That's the what in the world. Is it Seychelles, Seychelles? Okay, Seychelles. Eddie wants to go there. And then Jordan's bucket list is Japan. Okay. I I love it. You're raising some, yeah. 
Rural loving kids, right. too, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to get jobs because we're <laughs> only taking them on a couple more vacations, if that. So it expires, I think, after you're 20. You don't go on any more family vacations. You're on your own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In that line, because you, you mentioned like affordable luxury. So for our audience that may be thinking, okay, I've never thought about traveling international. Now listening to the Push podcast and Brianna, I want to go somewhere. What would you say would be the first kind of like, what's a good starter Vacation, uh, vacation for international travel. Where your money maybe stretches and you can still have a great experience. Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind for that. You know, there's, when you think about like a trip cost in total, there's a lot of things that go into it. And sometimes people get caught up with like, well, this is how much the flight's going to cost, or this is how, but like when you look at it in total, that's why I do love Southeast Asia, because yes, you might pay a little bit more for flights, but then once you get there, your money is going to stretch out. You can get a great meal for five bucks, right? Yeah. Don't take that $5 to Paris, <laughs> you know, like yeah, and you're right. going to be a little disappointed. So thinking about a trip in totality really allows you to understand like what your budget can really get you. And so a couple of things I like to do is because there's parts of trips that are like pretty not flexible, mostly the flights. And so if you have ideas in mind, like getting set up on websites like Google flights or Skyscanner or something like that and getting alerts when may usually off season, but when flights are like at their lowest and getting that part locked in, usually you can create a trip, you know, it might not be luxury five star, like best of the best, but it's going to give you an amazing experience. And now you haven't spent so much of your money on the flight portion. And so sometimes, especially if you're living on the West coast, like flights out of LA or San Francisco, like going to Thailand or Japan or Indonesia or something like that, like in the off season, they're really, really low. And even, you know, if you're going not in the high season to Europe and and you're looking just for like, Hey, jump on a flight deal. If you see a flight to Rome for 600 bucks, buy it it later, (laughs) just hop on that. So I love just opportunities to get the flight portion out of the way for a really great price and then figure out the rest of the details later. But places like Costa Rica comes to mind for me because it does offer so much in terms of nature. Um, You have beaches, you have like that cultural element, but it's still like a six hour flight from us in Los Angeles, right? Not too far away. The nicest people, you'll feel safe. And so I think that's another one thing that, you know, a lot of people are hesitant about. Do they feel safe in country? Costa Rica is super safe. So going somewhere where you know you don't have to worry about that, like feeling safe or or being able to have like, what type of experience do you want? They kind of have everything. So just choose your bucket of fun and make it happen. But there really is something, I think, a way for everyone to travel. And when you get your feet wet, you'll come back for more. You'll figure right. out how to make it happen. You know what I think you should have? Maybe you already have it. It's just like, it'd be good for you to put on a reel or TikToks, but like here are five ways you can save for your dream vacation this year. Because people need to know, like, you know, if you cut out your Starbucks or if you, you know, worked five extra hours of overtime every other week or something, like if you found a way to talk to people about like how to save money to be able to make travel a priority, like we said earlier, once you experience it, when you're in another country, you're like, 
okay, where am I going next? Because I'm going to make this happen. Like this is going to be a necessity going forward. And so I think it'd be good for us to maybe work together on something if you don't already have something about how to help people start saving for travel. Yeah, and I think that's huge because I think once you like set a date and let's say you're like you're working towards it, this, that's a fantastic motivator, especially when for you're sure. trying to do something for your family. I have one more question and I know that you have some questions, but I just have one. Like we know the, the kind of the cliche places that are the most romantic places to go. Like I would assume it's like Paris, mm-hmm. right? 43 countries. Where did, would you say that this was a romantic place to go? Where did I didn't you even... almost find a husband? Yeah, but you're you like, didn't. this or you. <laughs> or this is different, Just... like romance versus someone sent me a text today and she was like, we went to, I don't know, but it was sexy AF. And I was like, oh, sexy I, I don't travel. I know what that means. Okay. <laughs> but Brianna does, right? Yeah. So where have you been that we should go as like, empty nesters with no children that's sexy or romantic tell us where do we go you know it's funny because i think and and i deal with this a lot with honeymooners because people Mm -hmm. like they're going on their honeymoon and they're like in their minds like oh this is what a honeymoon trip should be and so i remember specifically i had this one client and he was like i think we want to go to the maldives you know we want to stay in an overwater bungalow and so i'm talking to him and then i realized he doesn't know how to swim and i'm like why are you going to fly 30 hours <laughs> put yourself over water <laughs> with nothing really else to do? Like that's the Maldives is about the beaches and the water. Like there's not anything else really there. Right. And you don't know how to swim. It's because somebody told you that that's where you're supposed to go on your honeymoon. Mm. And so you didn't even consider what you're into or what your interests are, what experiences like matter to you. And so that's why I love, like you can make sleeping like in an igloo underneath the stars in Norway, romantic and sexy AF, right? Yeah. Don't sign me up. I hate the cold, <laughs> but I got you. Cause I saw that on a travel show, like the igloo. I'm like you, I'm not, I'm not really feeling Antarctica, but I would go with you if you asked me to go. That's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but for some people like romance can come in the form of like food and wine. And so being able to go to like a country where like you're just immersed in incredible meals and great wine and like you're in the middle of a vineyard, that's the romantic part of the travel. And it doesn't need to be like fun and sun or a beach or turquoise waters. Like that's some people's idea of romance, but it's not necessarily just the go-to if it doesn't actually fit what you're looking for. And so that's why I think it's just so important to kind of like really dial in on like who you are and what you're looking for because mm-hmm. it can change for sure. Yeah. We can all do the French Polynesia overwater bungalow at one point in our lives. There's something wrong right. with that, but it doesn't yeah. need to be like the trip. The only way that you're going to have like a rekindling of your marriage is if you have an overwater bungalow. Right. You can also, you know, some people find hiking Machu Picchu very like romantic and that's where they want to do their own. Like, I've had a honeymoon couple do Peru and do four days of trekking to Machu Picchu and it was perfect for them. I mean, mm-hmm. they were Olympians. That's kind of like <laughs> what they love to do is like just push themselves. Hard shit. Yeah, they're like, come on, let's go. Let's like, go, you got constant, this. Constant oh, like, so motivation. Sexy. It's so sexy just how you motivated me to get up that. Right. 
very large, large hill. And this is why you are a luxury travel designer is because like this is just stuff we wouldn't think about. We'd look up top 10 luxury or, you know, romantic destinations. And she's like, wait, who are y'all though, right? Right, Because we definitely, our idea of we're going on vacation, whether it's family or sexy, you know, for us, romantic, we need to come back with a tan. Like that's really like our version of well, and that was vacation. kind of like w- so Scotland mm, I, gonna that, be cool, I think but not wanted, vacation. Yeah, that's we want we want to go back to Greece because I think the potential of it of like just for us because here's what I found that's sexy: one, good wine. Greece had good right. wine, and two, after you ate, you still felt good. Yeah, that's food, a big part yeah. of sexy. You like you don't feel, feel like oh bloated. Hand, yeah, like you know you have a meal in in L.A. and you're like oh my god, clean food, right. fresh food. <laughs> so that well, that's that why gives the you the potential for sexy. Is so right um, popular because you can yep. eat that way and it's great for you and you feel good and it's delicious. So y'all yeah. need to visit Croatia. You're gonna go to Italy oh. already. Go to Croatia. You can do Turkey. There's like the Turkish Riviera that's super undiscovered but really beautiful. Malta even might be a good option for you. But yeah, there's lots of other places within Europe that are going to give you that same beautiful experience. Well, we got to go because we got to make some money so that way you can take it and book some travel for us. But thank you so much for joining us. I hope that, you know, I hope that people get out of this, that it's not about luxury. It's about what kind of person are you and how can your perspective expand if you were to get outside of freaking Montana or wherever the hell you live, because there's a whole bunch of other people who are living entire ass different lives that would help, you know, give you some perspective potentially on other humans in the world. And so I love that so much greatness here. We're always excited to watch you grow. I love watching your posts on Instagram. I've saved a ton of them because I want to go to all the places (laughs) that you've been. And yeah, thanks so much for just being a guest on here and for being a friend and for creating amazing vacations for the Copeland family. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you guys. Thank you. And it was lovely talking to you. Okay, wait, really quick. Tell everybody where to go to find you and connect with you, all of that stuff, because I want them to follow your feed and be obsessed with all of the stuff that you put out. Yeah. So on Facebook and Instagram, that's where I mostly hang out. And it's just at Brianna Glenn which is my name. And then my website, milkandhoneytravels.com just has stuff to hopefully inspire people to kind of give them more of an in-depth look at like what I do and how I do it. Because again, I might not be a perfect match for every single traveler, but it is kind of cool to understand a little bit more in depth, like how I help people travel better. And if I'm not right for you, I have a lot of people I know that could be, and I'm happy to always recommend and refer people as well. And I think one of the biggest tips you gave, which works for us, is like if people can give you a budget, like here's how much we have to spend, can you make that work? Because even for like our Scotland trip, you were like, okay, on average, like how does $1,000 per person sound? And I'm like, okay, if that comes with like all of the stuff, let's do that. Like that sounds great. And it doesn't like I have truth be told, I don't even know what your fees are. I'm just like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, put it in there. Let's do it. Because and you know why you're doing everything for us. You make travel. You said you make travel better. Yeah, you do. A hundred percent. So I like I like I don't care whatever it is. I trust 
Yeah. <laughs> just, just roll with it. Yeah. Because you make travel better for sure. Yeah. So thank you so much for everything. Guys, go connect. We're going to leave all of Brianna's information in the show notes, but please go give her a follow. And then I'm sure that she will be drooling over all of the destinations that she's even been to and is getting ready to go to. And so thank you so much, friend. We love you. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through